Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. I'm Robin Stratton-Burkessel, host of Positivity Strategist. In today's show, I'm truly honored to have award-winning journalist Roberta Baskin as my guest. And Roberta has a stellar career in investigative journalism, and at some point in a highly successful career, there was a shift which leads her to where she is today, heading up the non-profit organization Aim to Flourish, whose mission, vision and practice we'll talk about. Here's a sneak preview. Aim to Flourish, and that's aim and then the number to flourish.com. Is it .com? It's .com. It's .com. Is about finding and showcasing good companies globally, and there's so much more to it. So, I'm so extremely honored and humbled to welcome you to Positivity Strategist Podcast. You talented. Oh, God, Robin, <laughs> who wouldn't want to hang out with a positivity strategist? I really need a, a good coach. Let's talk every day. <laughs> well, you are talented, energetic, inspiring, world changing. And so I would love to hang out with you every day, Roberta. <laughs> okay, it's a date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me, where are you in the world today? Well, you know, it wasn't always like this, that I was dying to hang out with the positivity strategist. I spent a lot of time in um, a very kind of um, less flourishing space, let's say, in terms of being a very skeptical journalist and having a kind of deficit-based mindset where I was always looking at all the problems in the world and wanting to fix them. And now I'm looking at all of the I'm really focused on what's good in the world. I think people want to know what works. And so looking to discover what works is, um, is how I'm spending my time now. Yeah. And so, you know, with your amazingly impressive background with more than 75 journalism awards, including both in print and TV, including prestigious Peabody's, DuPont Columbia Awards and multiple Emmys, as a result of your investigations, you've made beer healthier You've exposed sweatshops in the shoe and soccer industries, and you've uncovered pediatric dental abuses and succeeded in banning dangerous products. That is such an impressive record, Roberta. Well, I've been around a long time, so I did it for decades. So um, on a good day, I would get it right. And on a really good day, I felt like you could change the world. Mm, But mm. I also feel like um, a heavy diet of um, the daily kind of being banged over the head um, by by the news of what's awful in the world and all the things that are going wrong is not a very accurate story of the history of the world. And And so um, there really is a movement that I want to contribute to, which is about looking for, you know, what's working? Where are the opportunities? Where's the resilience in the world and the heroes? And there's um, plenty out there to talk about. Um, and, And there really is a movement in journalism and in other places to tease out that part of the world story. Yeah. And I want to come back to that because that's one of my big, um, kind of 
big things that I lose sleep over, and that is I would love to see a much more abundantly focused news, mainstream news media as opposed to the deficit-based my deficit-based mindset that we have. So let's come back to that. But I just want to, um, I mean, the thing that we have in common is this worldview, this practice of appreciative inquiry. So yes. let's let's kind of start at the beginning of that story. And perhaps you could share with us how you discovered AI. Well, I guess in some ways AI discovered me ah. too. Um, and, and sometimes I think I'm kind of a slow learner <laughs> because I, um, it was coming at me from different angles for a while. Um, I got involved in a group at the at its very beginning, really, um, called Images and Voices of Hope, which is a group of um, media practitioners around the world who use appreciative inquiry in um, their dialogues. Um, we would have yearly summits where we would get together and talk about you know, how can we um, tell, um, tell a story of hope, not happy news, but how do you tell a difficult story like uh, about an earthquake that can be devastating, but how do you do it where you don't leave the community in despair? Mm. So David Cooper Ryder was um, at, um, he was one of the uh, early founders of this group, in fact, and um, he invited me to take his first certification class on appreciative inquiry. So this is about 2002, 2003? I think it was 2003. The years are flying by so fast, Robin. Don't ask me about a specific (laughs) date. (laughs) It's somewhere in there. That would be the vintage. Mm -hmm. And I was the anomaly in the class, really. I mean, everybody was like a world-class coach like you or someone like um, um, Bob Stiller, the CEO of Green Mountain Coffee. He brought in a group of people. He was very attracted to appreciative inquiry. And it got my wheels, it's kind of made my synapses in my brain connect in new ways. At the time, I was working with Bill Moyers and was still doing my very deficit-based, angry storytelling about things that were not going so well in the world. But I ruminated on this. I mean, it really tickled my brain and, and in some way tickled my fancy. And... Um, I, I actually took appreciative inquiry again from David Cooper Ryder. I think I'm the only person in the world who um, has taken it twice from him, but <laughs> that's because I did need a tune-up. So um, I would he, do it just to sit at his feet. <laughs> well, that too, right? So, um, as the years flew by, and I'm getting more and more interested in appreciative inquiry in terms of coming back every year and using it with images and voices of hope as well, um, and even using it with my kids when they were teenagers, mm. you know, um, instead of screaming at them to clean up their room, I would try to like take a more moderate tone and say, oh, that little corner over there looks so nice. How about more of that? <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, a great stepping story. over, you know, <laughs> plates of food and stuff. <laughs> we won't go there, though. It would be a very deficit based conversation. They're great now, though. Yes, but definitely. as you know, Better than anyone, appreciative inquiry really does. It bring out the it brings out the best in organizations and in people. It's really thinking about um, how to serve in um, in kind of um, really thinking about the future and how to get to the future that we all want. Mm. It's reverse engineering in a way. Mm. You did these stories, which um, were some horrendous stories. 
and you brought attention to them. And so the lens that appreciative inquiry offers. So what I'm trying to, what I'd love you to hear um, you kind of focus on is when you do have a tragic story, whether it's by something by nature or by humankind, um, how do you overlay the appreciative lens onto what the traditional media would want to focus on, all the horrible things and terrible things that are happening. So why don't you just say a little bit about, you know, how you bring this different lens and what the impacts it has? Well, it's really quite simple and beautiful. Um, If I were to tell a story, for instance, about, um, let's say, the... um, the story about the uh, this chain of dental clinics that was doing unnecessary baby root canals on children for the Medicaid money, I would look at um, not only a process of of what works because in that the, the thing that led me to that story was to find out that only one in five dentists in America take a Medicaid child, and so that in itself was a big uh-huh. problem. So yeah. how do we fix that? We should have a conversation about that mm-hmm. in America. And um, and then look for dentists who are doing it right, who are setting the best standards of care. And how can we have more of that? Mm-hmm. What would it take as a community, a city, a country, um, to get there to serve these um, very vulnerable children? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's really looking at opportunities. And um, I also think that, for instance, to do a story on on how um, the sweatshop workers were making shoes that we were paying $135 for, and they were getting less than $40 a month for a six-day work week in, in Vietnam. Well, to look at a company um, that was doing it right, like Bata, is, I believe it's a Canadian shoe company, was um, paying more than the minimum wage, was giving health benefits, was giving English classes, was keeping its workforce. Um, you know, people stayed with that company because it treated them well. So that makes it even, I mean, that contrast actually, in some ways you could say, makes the companies who are not doing it right look worse, but it also gives you hope that, let you know, let's buy shoes from the company that's doing it right. Yeah. Um, we're really thinking about this deeply with Images and Voices of Hope, which is this group that I love. And um, we've gotten into this whole genre of storytelling called restorative narratives. And restorative narratives are really thinking about how do you cover a hurricane or a school shooting, really thinking about it in a restorative way. How do you do it um, not glossing over the pain and the suffering, but to bring about hope and to bring about um, opportunity, resilience, um, because it's there. And, and, and people need to know about that as well. There's also this movement, Robin, around the world around this, because um, there's something called the constructive journalism movement that's coming out of Denmark. And Catherine Gildenstead, who started it, actually took got her um, master's or her doctorate from Marty Seligman at the University of Pennsylvania, you know, really studying positive psychology, mm-hmm. which is you know also kind of at the roots of all of this. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, uh, David Bornstein, um, who is one of the um, co-founders of the Solutions Journalism Network, which is doing a lot of work in newsrooms around the country to let's saying let's focus on solutions. Mm-hmm. Again, let's look, at, let's look at what works. Even the Huffington Post has a what's working part of the site. 
And, and I have read that people are more likely to share good news in terms of social media. Um, yes. that, that gets most, that, that gets more shared. So I think there's almost a starvation for it. And, um, yeah, it gives me, yeah. it makes me feel like we're, we're kind of operating in a Renaissance time. I, yeah. A lot of experimentation. Yeah, no, I totally, um, I'm so encouraged to hear that and it supports what I want to see in the world and what I'm actively walking, working towards. But, you know, when you were saying that, it is about we want images of hope and we want voices of hope. So I love, you know, that that's what the name of this nonprofit is, Images and Voices of Hope. But I think it's also about, you know, we are looking for stories that lift up the human spirit. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, we just, we're we're so beaten by everything else. (laughs) But we've been looking for that since we sat around, you know, well, since we drew on cave walls and since we sat around campfires and told stories about our day. I mean, we are wired for storytelling Mm -hmm. also, which is what this new mission is about. It's about changing the story about business, um, you know, in, in, by, um, really changing the way it's taught. We're working in business schools all over the world. Now we're talking about aim to flourish, right? Aim to flourish. Yes. So let's heart let's opens. Yeah, <laughs> great. The heart opens with aim to flourish. So start from the top, Roberta. All right, <laughs> all right, David and um, the Fowler Center for Business as an Agent of World Benefit invited me. Um, Attached to, to Case Western Reserve University. Thank you very much. In the Weatherhead School of Management. Management. Yes. <laughs> I was invited to um, co-lead a workshop with David Cooper Ryder at the Third Global Forum at Case Western Reserve University, where we were talking about this idea of having a Nobel Prize for business. And what flowered out of it was not like one flower, like one award, but how can we celebrate the many? And that turned into aim to flourish. Let's, Let's change the story of business by changing the way it's taught and celebrate great businesses all over the world um, that are doing innovative things. And how are we going to do that? Let's let's send the the detectives out from business schools, students in business schools around the world, to find an innovator that they admire, who is um, in some way aimed at um, achieving one or more of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Mm. And these are these beautiful 17 goals that begin with no poverty and zero hunger and good health and well-being and quality education, um, you know, all the way to peace and justice and climate action. I mean, they're just a great framework. And so business school students went out first in this little pilot project that we had connected with the UN Global Compact. And in the pilot project, we had, you know, really just a handful of professors who sent their students out. They came back with amazing stories about undiscovered, untold stories in the world um, about innovations that should be scaled up. Can I give you an example? I wish you would. Could I just ask a clarifying question? Yes. When you say sent out, did they physically go? I mean, they went yeah. out to do interviews. Yeah. Did they go to different yeah. countries? They got out of their classrooms. Uh-huh. Right now we are actually in 52 countries. Whoa. And we have something like 1,035 members. Um, we have more than 100 professors. Um, we have a whole community that has grown around this. I can't take credit for it. It's, it's very organic. I mean, it's like word of mouth at, at this point. Um, and 
Really exciting. If you look at the website, these students are uh, telling all of these awesome stories about innovations, Mm -hmm. most of them stories that you don't know about. And what we're going to do is look at all of them at the end of the year in December 31st, 2016, all of the stories that have been published, all of them around the global goals. We'll look for the 17 best of the best, and they will be given what we're calling Flourish Prizes, the inaugural Flourish Prizes at the Fourth Global Forum next June 14th, 15th, 16th, 2017. Please come, Robin. Fantastic. let's invite all your listeners. Yeah, that's beautiful. We'll be using appreciative inquiry, Mm. and we could definitely use a good positivity uh, strategist. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, yes, this is all very, this really is all about positivity in the deepest, broadest, best w- sense of the word. But you were going to tell me a story. So, what was the story? Did I derail you? I- no, no, there's so many, but this mm-hmm. is one of the early ones that I loved. Um, it's from the other side of the planet in, in Jakarta, mm-hmm. the IPMI um, International Business School. And um, one of the students, or actually it was, it was a group of students there that um, came up with a company that was, they were making plastic bags for the supermarkets um, in Jakarta. And these plastic bags would take, oh, you know, 500 years to pile up in a landfill. Instead, they started making them biodegradable out of tapioca. Hmm. So they're supporting the cassava farmers. And they have a co-op to support the cassava farmers. And these biodegradable tapioca bags biodegrade in two weeks. And the students showed the process of how they just disappear in the earth. So um, my understanding is that they're in a huge number of, um, of supermarkets in Jakarta now. Well, why don't we have them in America or France or you know, South Africa. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's such a cool idea. Oh, and you know, it, it's also demonstrating, and I guess all of these stories probably uncover this sense of our interconnectedness. Yes. So, exactly. you know, using the natural resources within the context or the environment where people are, that that supporting the environment, supporting businesses, supporting, you know, the livelihoods of people. Yes. It's beautiful. It is. And one of the most beautiful things about it, Robin, is um, what the students are reporting back to us about the experience of instead of, you know, being in the ivory tower and studying textbooks that are all about shareholder value, they get to go out of the classroom Mm -hmm. and, find um, what turns out to be a mentor for them, do an appreciative inquiry. We're teaching appreciative inquiry in, you know, in a lighthearted way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like you're getting certified, mm-hmm. but we help them in terms of the kinds of questions, in terms of positive um, strength-based questions. And, and the student um, involved in this particular story wrote to us and said, um, our paradigms somehow shifted toward a sustainable direction of conducting business, mm. wherein social innovation will form the nuclei of our business models. I just thought that was so poetic. You know that line. I just have it right on the on on the front of my computer because it's. Would really, you read that to me again? About, his name is Bernard Baroy, and mm-hmm. he wrote, "Quote." Our paradigms somehow shifted toward a sustainable direction of conducting business, wherein social innovation will form the nuclei of our business models. Mm. 
So he went on to say, writing the story highly inspired us. That in itself is already a huge reward for us. So it's amazing. Then, I mean, that to me is about the vision, the possibilities, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting people to see what they can do in the world, um, which is what we want more of. Yes, and he, had, he has. I, I actually want to read one more line of this because he's also praising his beautiful professor um, who he calls Miss Amelia. And she came to, she was uh, one of the pioneer professors in this, literally sending her students out on boats to different islands in Indonesia to discover untold stories. So he went on to say, and this was made possible through our enthusiastic and unselfish friend, mentor, and guru, Miss Amelia. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh, What a legacy she's leaving through all her students. So true. So, Roberta, um, these are fantastic stories and um, we can send people to the website to start their own inquiry into looking at these stories and learning more. I actually have an assignment if I can give it to your your listeners. I would love to say that I would like to invite everyone to create a profile for themselves. It takes less than a minute. And you become part of the community and we love to see new faces and the students are very excited to see new faces looking at the stories that they find. And then there's a spot on the website that we call sightings. And sightings is where anyone in the world who's part of the community can can write up two sentences about what they consider a fantastic for-profit business innovation. And a sighting is what I think of as like the water cooler of ideas for our students. Mm -hmm. It really just says, look over here. You might want to interview the innovator behind this fantastic idea. Mm -hmm. So we need more and more of those. And each one is attached to a global goal, goal two, goal 12, goal 11. I'm looking at them right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, to achieve the global goals, which is really the world's to-do list by 2030, that's less than 14 years, that would be the high math on that. We have a lot of work to do. And Mm -hmm. so we all need to be part of this movement to achieve the global goals. Mm -hmm. But when you put the will to it, and we need a lot of political will and financial will and commitment, when you do that, it's possible. It is possible. We know what can be done, you know. And we don't have to wait for disasters for people to come together. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that happens, right? You're absolutely right, but we um, can't afford um, disasters. Mm-hmm. You know, we really, I mean, this is really the to-do list to save the planet. Mm. Um, it, but it's not really about saving the planet because the planet will be here. The planet will, she will revitalize herself mm-hmm. without humanity if, if we, you know, screw this up. So um, this whole idea, I mean, these beautiful goals about no poverty and gender equality and decent water and climate action, all of this has to happen mm-hmm. in the next 14 years in, in order to create the world we all want. Mm-hmm. We've made a, an amazing mess um, for these um, amazing business school students who are going to be graduating and are going to have to fix it. And so it really is a huge, again, let's go to the opportunity equation. This is a huge opportunity in business to do good and do well. I'd actually love to know how you get people enrolled in this. Well, first we were going door to door. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what it felt like. So actually, the UN Global Compact is something called PRIME, which is stands for Principles for Responsible Management Education. And they invited us at the Global Forum. They gave us this crazy uh, deadline saying to come and make a presentation, do a workshop in June. We had like, I don't know what it was. It was like seven or eight months to come up with a website, come up with professors who were teaching at the time. We actually have one professor, George Dion in Mexico, who is another one of our pioneer professors, who is so involved in this and so passionate about it that he didn't have a class, um, you know, available to him at that time. He wasn't teaching that semester. He did go door to door. He found students who would do it as a um, as an extracurricular project, as an independent study. And he is, he, on his own, without anybody asking him to, it didn't even occur to me, he started translating our, our professor resources into Spanish mm. for the Spanish-speaking professors. Um, he now holds monthly calls for the Spanish-speaking professors in Spanish. He's also, like, working on, he has his sleeves rolled up all the time, and he's working on something called Sistema Bay, which are our colleagues um, to the south who are involved in the B Corp movement. Oh, yes. Uh, so um, there's, you know, new partners that we're, that mm -hmm. we're connecting with. And um, it's not just going door to door now. It's, it's, um, we have a whole network of professors. One of them, uh, Professor Isabel Ramanacci, is um, going to Sweden. She's on a plane right now on her way to Sweden. She'll be talking about Aim to Flourish there. And so we keep picking up new countries. We just picked up Yemen. Mm which is an interesting country. Mm. Um, we're looking particularly for stories there on goal 16, peace and justice. Good. Um, and because, you know, business is also involved in peace. Mm -hmm. And so those are not the stories you hear on the evening news or when you open up your newspaper, if you open up your newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so this is a place where if my dreams come true, it will be a website where consumers can go to find out who's doing it right because that's where you want to spend, that's where you want your wallet to focus. Who's doing it right? Who should I support? It's also a place for social impact investors to see who's doing it right that they Very good. invest in and scale up. And finally, it's a place for the media to find stories, yes. untold stories about what's good in the world and who the people are behind them. Everybody loves a good story about, you know, yeah. the heroes yeah. out there. And it's how that story got discovered. That's the exciting part. Yeah. Coming out of the students yeah. themselves who are actively seeking out businesses, I mean, for-profit businesses who are doing good in the world. Right. And because shining the light on them. Right. Because it is the for-profit businesses that really have the nimbleness and mm -hmm. the resources to um, you know, really get achieve the SDGs, you know, create the world that we all want. And one of the other great things coming out of it, aside from I mentioned the mentoring that that students get, and I've heard about that over and over that you know students find somebody who is going to be there for them after they graduate. Some of them have been offered jobs. There's um, some great stories, mm -hmm. including somebody that I just heard about who was offered. Um, a, a position on the advisory board of the company because the CEO loved the questions that she was asking. So. 
<laughs> I love I'm that. I'm sure there's more happening than I, than I know. Oh. I'm not keeping up anymore. But, um, you know, there's still this like trickle of wonderful things that you hear yeah. about what's happening in the field. And, and um, we have more than 100 professors now. We, our goal was 200 stories by the end of the year to look at to find the 17 best to give Flourish Prizes to. Mm-hmm. We have 200 as of this week. Mm. So we Congratulations. Have, we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to shout from the rooftops that we will have more than 300 by yeah. the end of this year. Yeah. Well, isn't you know it's the same kind of thing where you um, you get a momentum going, and then it's exponential. Exactly, it feeds on itself. Right, really. I can drop out now. <laughs> <laughs> like you really- say, I don't actually have you know. I things are happening so fast and so rapidly that you're not fully aware of everything that was going on. I'm sure in those very early days, you know, a story would trickle in and you'd be so excited. And you're now, your excitement is still there, but it's, right. it's, a, it's a different kind of focus. Yes. Well, another really big, um, uh, uh, it was um, a, a spectacular lift for us was AACSB, which is the accreditation for 1,450 business schools around the world. Um, they did a video interview with me and this was just kind of like, just, uh, it it evolved. It was, it was really serendipity. And, um, they put it out, um, in August, I think it was, yeah, the end of August. And it's a beautiful interview about the global goals and the experience these students are having. And at the end of it, Dan LeClaire, the head of AACSB, says this is a beautiful thing, which is a great unsolicited testimonial to mm. aim to flourish. And, um, of course, these are all all of their um, accredited schools who are hearing this. So, you know, we're picking up. It really is. It's not like I can't take credit for much of anything. You know, it's really about a community that is organized around this. We have some incredible volunteers. We have story stewards. Most of them are are, um, journalists who are volunteers who um, help edit the stories so Mm -hmm. that they can be published because a lot of the stories that come in are English as a second language and they need a little bit of a, a, you know, um, brush up. And so there's like another community that is developing around this. Now all we need is to raise some money <laughs> to keep it going so that not everybody has to be a volunteer. So how, how do you do that? Oh, I haven't done a great job of that. We have an Oh, Roberta, have, come on. Well, we have... Um, so what's the best thing you've done? The best thing, it has nothing to do with me, it's Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Fowler, uh-huh. who um, the Fowler Center for Business as an Asian World Benefit is mm-hmm. named after, is our um, extraordinary benefactor. Mm-hmm. And he has made sure that this thing um, will have beautiful wings to fly um, all the way to the Global Forum in, in mm-hmm. next June. But um, we're talking to some businesses now in terms of looking to have a consortium of businesses who are interested in the sustainable development goals and get how important they are, who um, may be funders. I'm in conversations with some. And then there's some, you know, going the foundation route takes a long time. Um, it works, but it's, you know, time consuming. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, we've got a lot of railroad track laid. We're just waiting for the train to come down the railroad tracks. <laughs> well, you've got to build that infrastructure and have that foundation. So that's great. Yeah, we, we have that. Yeah. So, Roberta, let me just um, kind of pivot a little bit. Um, I'd like to focus on you and your strengths. 
So the fact that you're doing this with your, you know, your track record, what is it that you really value about your own strengths? Well, it's funny that you ask that because I had to think deeply about this. Um, uh, I was in a group that, this, that came about through Images and Voices of Hope. It mm-hmm. was a group of um, journalists from around the world, about 30 of us that came together over a four-year period at the Fetzer Institute. They supported this. And at the end of it, we were all asked to describe a journalism value. I mean, something that we really, um, you know, believed in that it was at the heart of, uh, of our work and, and you know, it, whatever it was that made us good journalists. So um, everybody wrote essays and they came up with, you know, all of these beautiful things like the value of ethics and the value of truth telling and the value of even spirituality, the value of character and courage and duty and voice. And mine was tenacity. (laughs) I always felt that tenacity really served me well in my investigative reporting because Mm -hmm. I was always attracted to stories that didn't want to be told, Mm -hmm. you know, where people didn't want to do interviews. People didn't want to give me the documents. People wanted to shut it down. And, um, and so I felt like, I always felt like when it really got hard, when, when the hurdles were really high, um, I would be more inspired. I would feel like, oh, this is really getting good. This really wants to be told. Mm-hmm. So tenacity was big, um, and I guess I'm a I'm a kind of optimistic realist in a way more than um, I, I I talk about my deficit based brain, but really I, there's a lot of hope hope mm-hmm. in my head <laughs> rattling around <laughs> in my head I believe in people and what about I'm, your heart hope in your heart ah there's a lot of hope in my heart <laughs> I really I've wept about the state of journalism oh. um, because the, the that's one of the many businesses that has been disrupted by technology indeed mm-hmm. um, it's not like we all gather around the campfire of the tv set and have one of three network news stations to look at at six o'clock you know um, you don't even look at it at six o'clock probably because you've been well informed or not, mm-hmm. depending on where you point your eyes all day. And, um, and I've, you know, I've been to so many conferences about who's going to pay for the next news and the next newsroom and nobody has an answer really. But I really have this belief that we're in this extraordinary uh, time of change and disruption and it is like a renaissance where we're in a little bit of a dark ages here uh, in terms of figuring out how to pay for it. But at the same time, I mean, what gives me great hope is that there's more students than ever graduating from journalism schools, going into it, knowing that the, there's not, it's not, you know, I got paid a lot of money over the years for the work that I did. The salaries have gone down, 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 not up. Mm-hmm. And yet there's still a calling there. There's still, you know, people who who want to be storytellers and truth tellers. So, um, and there's just so many more places in terms of where you can put your work, you know. So it's really finding the curators or the editors or whatever, too, to um, where you're going to find the most value in the storytelling because there's certainly a lot of junk out there, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that curation point is really valid because if we think about, you know, the number of 
bloggers out there and video bloggers and, you know, the, just mm-hmm. the democratization of, you know, information mm-hmm, <laughs> that, you right. know, everyone can tell their own story, which is great. Mm-hmm. And it is, I think, something that you're alluding to is how do you kind of sort out? It's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've been in a lot of awards um, in awards committees. I'm still on the RFK Journalism Awards Committee, which is like the poor poor people's Pulitzers, how we refer to it, <laughs> and um, Scripps Howard Journalism Prizes. And over the years, I mean, we've talked to, well, who's a journalist? Mm-hmm. And when do you start giving it to online journalism? I mean, we used to, you know, turn our noses up at that. Oh, that's just online. That's not real. Well, of course, that's ridiculous now. So it's all evolving and emerging and, and um, yeah, it, I think curation is really important and that's actually one of the things that we do with Aim to Flourish is it's not like anybody in the world can post a story. Anybody in the world who signs up and creates a profile can write a sighting about this is an idea, but the actual stories are coming in from students who are enrolled in business schools and are being graded by their professors and then it goes to our excellent story stewards Mm -hmm. and then it gets published only if it meets all the criteria. So there's a lot, we're very much in, in play here, you know, in talking about the media. It's great opportunities. Here we are with Aim to Flourish, creating our own voice and channel about business as an agent of world benefit. You know, and who's doing it right? I wouldn't have imagined that 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wanted any part of it 20 years ago. <laughs> and now I'm really attracted to yeah. it. I think it really. Well, that's, that's your own evolution and growth. Yes. Along with the times. So, Roberta, you talked about your strengths and, um, and what you <laughs> admire about yourself, the tenacity. Is one example. Well, I must say it's not an admirable quality to everybody. I can be a real pain in the you know what. So based on my you have a very balanced perspective, I have to say. There's always a counter to something that you're saying. So what about your? What's your? You know, what's the the aspiration that you have? You know, you've kind of alluded to it, but what's the big vision that you have? Particularly doing the work that you're doing and the the people that you're you're relating to and you know, the contributions that are making. Say a little bit about the vision of you or Aim to Flourish or the combination thereof. Mm. You know, I, I think of myself as a professional student, really, when I was um, doing investigative reporting for more than 30 years and mostly about corporate misconduct. I really needed to know as much as possible. I needed to know everything. I needed to know the answers to my questions um, in, in order to um, tell tell a story that was true and accurate and not going to get sued and and that would make a difference. <laughs> and I, I never graduated from college and I think there's a, a real hunger um, and curiosity, you mm-hmm. know, to, to keep learning and growing. And so Right now, my vision and my vision changes and obviously has changed over the years from being sort of on the shadow side of things to coming out into the light in my older years. My vision now is how are we going to achieve the global goals and how are we going to do it in a way that celebrates what's what's right and mm-hmm. sh- shines a bright light on that. And um, that's only 14 years away. And, and um you know, I don't know what what's around the corner. I'm absolutely loving this time in my life. 
Um, you know, I, I feel um, that this has been a real gift and a real shift in how I think. And I hope I keep thinking and growing and shifting and learning. I'm learning so much from these students all around the world. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think, you know, when you, when you teach, um, I mean, cause you know, I'm, I'm doing some teaching, but when you teach and when you're giving out in the world, you get so much more back. Yes. And, um, when you say that you're learning from the students and you're engaged with the professors and you're working with business and you have your foundation of journalism, it's a wonderful combination of what you're able to, you personally can contribute in what you're doing. And what we've been talking about today is just so illustrative of that. Well, you, your question reminds me, Robin, of Eleanor Roosevelt. I think it's attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt, which is the past is history, the future is mystery. The present. Now is a gift. Yeah. That's why they call it a present. Yes, that's a beautiful quote, yeah. Well, Roberta, is there anything else you would like to say by virtue of coming to a conclusion on this show? I would just love to invite everyone who's listening to take a peek at Aim to Flourish. And if you like what you see, then become a member of the community. Just uh, set up a profile. It takes 30 seconds. And and um, we would love to hear from you. And really, the students would love to hear from you just to say that you like a story that they've found or have a comment about it or a question about it. We We want the website to be a lively place. Um, where the whole world can come together around business as a force for good. We've only been around for a little over a year now, so we're still very iterative, we're still Mm -hmm. growing, we're still listening intently, and we want to hear from people about what they like, what works, what they want more of. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you, Roberta, for spending this time. It's been fantastic. And uh, this is positivitystrategist.com slash PS58, so it's episode 58, And um, if you're listening in, you can go to the show notes page, and that's PS58 on Positivity Strategist, and you will find links to Roberta, to Aim to Flourish, and some of the other exciting things that you shared with us, Roberta, in terms of the, the, um, the media, the journalists that are doing really good work in the world. This has been so lovely, Robin. Thank you so much for inviting me and um, allowing me to share Aim to Flourish. And it's been really nice having a cup of tea with you this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right, Roberta. Thank you. Thank you. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.